Good morning, everyone. The reason why I am making this announcement today is because you've probably noticed I'm not here with you. I was uh, feeling just a touch sick on uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and had a slight fever, a very slight fever, uh, no more than 100.3. But I did have a slight cough as well. And so I decided that as a shepherd who cares for his sheep and as someone who wants to always practice uh, common sense and care and concern for others as well as for myself, I decided that it would be best for me to preach to you via live stream. So here I am uh, I'm with you in spirit and uh, excited to be back in the midst of you. Man, I just miss being present in the live worship. Uh, I'll be watching from home, but let me tell you, there is nothing like when you're in the building enjoying the worship. As you can see, I'm feeling great, and as I said, whatever symptoms I've had were absolutely minuscule. I'm not afraid, nor am I concerned. I am absolutely convinced of uh, who my healer is and the protection that I have in Jesus' name. But nonetheless, we don't want to give the enemy a foothold, and the Word of God is going to go on regardless. So, uh, I want to encourage you and remind you that uh, you can uh, give this morning in the tithes and offerings via text to give, as many of you have been doing. And those of you that are watching via live stream right now, we encourage you to do that. I thank you so much for your support during what is in the natural very, very difficult times. I am so proud of this church, and by church, that means you. You are the church. The church isn't a building. The church isn't the name of an organization. The church is you, the people. And during what has been a very turbulent time uh, here in the United States of America, as well as through the pandemic, right around the world, you have made it possible for us to show the generosity of God and the charity that comes through the Holy Spirit, and it has enabled us to feed the hungry and those less fortunate. And I want to commend you, absolutely proud of the consistency, the faith, the diligence, the giving, the generosity, uh, the time volunteered, the prayers put in, by all of you. Thank you so much. This is what makes the testimony of the church rebound from things that at times have caused it to stumble. But your goodness, your faithfulness, your giving, your support, your generosity, your volunteering to help is what gives the church an excellent name and that comes from the church, you, having an excellent spirit. I'm so proud of all of you and uh, just love you so much. But as I was saying, uh, you can give through text to give. Some of you have actually mailed your tithes in. Others drop it off in the mailbox. Those of you that are here today, if you want 
there are tithe envelopes just like we always used to do right behind your seats and you could take a veil of that. But I do thank all of you for your faithfulness in your Christianity. Faithful to the things that you believe and faithful to the things that God is um, watching us in and congratulating us for. Amen. For those of you that are here this morning also, uh, if you want, we do have offering buckets right up the back. And straight after the service, you can drop your tithe envelopes in the offering buckets. All right. Well, we've just had an announcement about me and why I am not here in the flesh, but in the spirit. Uh, we're about to break and go to a video announcement about Bible College. I am so excited about Bible College, and here's why you should be excited too. We're going to revisit this verse in greater detail, but for the sake of clarity and for the sake of laying down a firm theological foundation, let's remind ourselves who the scriptures say Jesus is. What we have here is something that is really special. We're learning more about the Holy Spirit than I've ever learned before. The Word, before He became flesh, he was already exalted to the highest place. He is God. His name was already supreme. You learn what you're reading is alive and it's full of power and it shows you who you are in the Lord Jesus. But he empties himself of that divinity and takes on the body of a servant, takes on human nature. That's what it says. He took on human nature to defeat the enemy. It's like you just get intense therapy by the Word of God so it can change you from the inside out and teach you so much more than what you can get in a church service. Why? Because God needed the enemy defeated for God? No! There's only one reason all of this happened and that was to reinstate us to the position that we fell from. I've learned to understand the deep things of God on a level that fits me. Uh, I've built a deeper relationship with God and understand more of what He expects from us and, and understand more of all the things that He's done for me. The whole reason why we're building theology here and proving line upon line, man, this is Bible, this is Bible, this is Bible. This isn't just some Pentecostal accent. This is the Word. This is Scripture. Why? because the difference between getting the results and just having the theory is how much you're convinced about who you are, that you are right there with Christ. Can we take the religious glasses off? What Jesus is saying is, I saw the thunderous fall. I saw how the enemy was stripped of his glory. I saw this guy get kicked booted out of heaven, and he fell like a flat thud. In other words, your governmental token of control is so great that even though the devil has the ability to supernaturally manifest and do things, you say, stop! He has to stop. Now translate that into healing. 
translate that in speaking to cancer, in speaking to a tumor, in speaking to epilepsy. Translate it. I feel like in the last six months, I've learned more than I have in the last 20 years. Again, it's in His name, in His reputation, in His victory that we stand. Okay, well, I hope you enjoyed that uh, Bible College ad, uh, that short little video. And you could actually go to the Bible College page. We have a new page that we've brought up. And again, that is uh, graceandfaith.college, graceandfaith.college. And you'll see there's quite a bit of interactive uh, things that we have put into that website uh, just so that you can learn more about the Bible College. This morning I want to speak on the subject, the spirit of offense. That's the new series that I really feel that God has put on my heart. It will be a series. I'm going to lay down a foundation this morning and every Sunday we're going to build a little bit further and further on it. I want to assure you, while you may have heard uh, sermons or teachings about the spirit of offense, I am going to be bringing out things over the next couple of weeks that will amaze you. I will show you things in the Bible. Look, the Word of God is, is the book of principles. And if there's a truth in life, then there is an illustration in the Word of God to back up that truth. And so I'm going to show you what the spirit of offense looks like, how it operates, how Jesus dealt with the spirit of offense, uh, because he surely did. And uh, I'm going to also teach you over the next couple of weeks how to recognize the weaknesses that could be in you that sets you up to take offense. We're going to look at things like what is the difference between uh, when offense is given and offense is taken and how to recognize the strong man in the offense. But this morning, my uh, message is offense, the devil's rat trap. When I teach Bible school in year one, the very first class that I take the students through is a class called Chain of Command, God's Divine Order. And when I teach that class, I teach the students that there are two powerful weapons that the enemy uses in the church against the church. And the first is people not understanding Chain of Command and how God has a very definite divine order. Very definite. In fact, I was amazed uh, uh, just in the last couple of weeks we did a survey both through year one and year two asking the students to comment on what their favorite classes were. And I was quite surprised to see how uh, Chain of Command, Divine Order often came up as a number one both for 
year one students, and that's where we actually do that class, but also for year two students. I had uh, one student who said, you know, for all the fantastic stuff that we've learned even in year two, I keep coming back to that one class in year one all about chain of command and divine order. Uh, it's an important subject, and the lack of understanding it uh, uh, of it causes the enemy to bring a lot of conflict into the body of Christ. And where we're meant and supposed to be cemented together and unified, the enemy has his uh, adept ways of separating the church and using these principles that we should know as principles against us. The second most powerful weapon that I have found, and I've been pastoring now for well over 40 years, and the second most powerful weapon that I find that the enemy uses in the church, in the body of Christ, he actually gets his claws into you and into me, and he uses this weapon, and it is the spirit of offense. And so I want to preach on that this morning and for the next couple of weeks. Jesus said in Luke chapter 17, verse 1, he said to his disciples, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come, but woe to anyone through whom they come. Now, if we were to read that in the New King James Version, he actually uses the word offense. Then he said to his disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come. But woe to him through whom they do come. Jesus said, it's impossible. Fancy that. Here's God in the flesh actually saying something's impossible. He's saying that in this life, in this world, in the governance of the kingdom of darkness over this secular world, it is impossible for offenses not to come. And I want to explain that because right there you have a very important principle. Jesus is saying it's impossible for offenses not to come because offenses make up the anatomy of the kingdom of darkness. Where the kingdom of darkness is, there will always be offense. And I will tell you this morning categorically that offense isn't just something that is said that is injurious, uh, but offense is a spirit. And that's why Jesus said it's impossible for offenses not to come. You see, when we come to the restoration of all things, when we get past the millennium and uh, God has recreated the heavens and the earth and a new Jerusalem comes down out of heaven and God lives amongst us, there will never, ever, ever be an offense given or taken from that point on. Never. Because offense is not the anatomy of the kingdom of God. And so Jesus made this statement knowing full well that the God of this world, the government that has uh, rule and reign over this environment is a government filled with offense. It's a government that's filled 
with jabs and jibes and the always looking for opportunity to set one person against another. The Bible tells us very clearly in the New Testament, I believe in the book of Corinthians, that God is not a God of disorder. He's not a God of disorder. He's a God of order. But where there is disorder, you will always have disunity. And where you have disunity, you will always have conflict and you will always have strife. And the spirit of offense is always trafficking with the spirit of, uh, uh, of disunity and disorder. And so Jesus categorically says, uh, it is, um, uh, there are going to be things that will cause people to take offense. It is impossible for that not to happen in this life. So the question is, how are we going to handle offenses when they come? The word offense, and uh, <clears throat> you'll probably be able to see it up on the screen behind me, the word offense comes from the Strong's Analytic Concordance in the Greek. The reference number is 4625, and it's the word scandalon. Now, this is the same word, the root from which we get the, the, the word to be scandalized, okay? When a person is scandalized, they've been offended, and they've taken offense at something. And so the Greek word literally is scandalon. But what's interesting about this Greek word is that it's actually a noun. It's a thing. You see, a, uh, the, a scandalon is a stick that holds a bait for a trap. And so when fowlers would trap a bird or they would trap some kind of prey, they would have these uh, little traps set up and they would have a bait tied to a stick so that when the animal went to take the bait, in taking the bait, he would set that uh, mechanism in process and it would become the, the manner in which the animal is then trapped. And so I brought in a, a rat trap. This is more of a modern rat trap. And I want you to see that in this type of a trap, this here little arm, this is where you put the bait, whether it's peanut butter. And of course, you know, depending on what you're trying to catch, you're going to use the bait that will attract what you are trying to capture. And so... This little arm right here, this is called the scandalon. This is what holds the bait. And when the enemy presses that or the rodent or the uh, animal that you're trying to catch presses that, it sets the trap in motion. And that's actually what a scandalon is. And so if I were to put this trap here and there was a bait, what the enemy tries to do to us in the spirit world is he puts out baits that he knows will get us. And his whole purpose is that we will take offense, and in taking offense, then the enemy has got us in his trap. I want you to understand very clearly 
that offense is a spirit. And that spirit will actually set the trap. And he will place that trap right where he knows you're going to be passing. And he's looking to trap you, okay? And uh, <clears throat> he does this to us spiritually. I'm going to set that trap one more time because I want you to get that visual and uh, have that visual burning in your mind. Offense is a spirit, and the spirit of darkness is looking to ensnare you, to trap you, to hold you captive. So we have here um, <clears throat> a scandal on is that stick that holds the bait. It sets the trap. I want you to understand that in the book of Genesis, uh, Genesis chapter 3, when Lucifer came down, and here he was talking to Eve primarily, and Adam was uh, just standing to the side, listening. He should have taken a more active role and stood up and told that devil where to go. You know, if you entertain the devil and actually have a conversation with him, uh, you've already opened the door. Number one key to overcoming the enemy is that when he starts to talk to you, <laughs> tell him to shut up. Don't entertain the conversation. Don't reason with him. Don't argue with him. Don't even listen to him. The moment you're listening and you entertain him, you've invited him to come and sit down at the table and have a cup of coffee with you. And so the best thing you can do is to just tell the devil to shut up and tell him where to go. But here in chapter 3, starting with verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any of the trees in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, Well, we may eat from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of, of the garden. You must not touch it or you will die. And that which the devil said, you will surely not die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. Can you see what the devil's trying to do? Right here, he's trying to take Adam and Eve's loyalty to God and affect their emotions, hurt them, wound them, and cause them to take offense at God. Look, offense is a spirit. There will never ever be an offense without a spirit being behind it. Whether a person is giving an offense, there's a spirit behind it. And when you take an offense, there's a spirit behind it. And so in the up and coming weeks, I'm going to be getting into this more and more and show you the very clear biblical difference situations where offenses were given 
and where offenses weren't given, and yet people took offense. And I'm going to show you biblically, I'm going to show you principles how you can discern what kind of spirit is being stirred up. When we take offense, there's something hanging around our lives that just got riled. And I will teach you over the next few weeks how you can recognize those things and tear down the armor that the enemy is trusting in. But I want you to see what happened in the Garden of Eden. You see, <clears throat> you and I have to understand something. The Bible says that Satan led one-third of God's angelic beings into a revolt against God. And for him to be able to lead them into a revolt against God, that means he was able to whisper something in their ears. You see, he knew what could bait them. And uh, he applied the kind of bait that would appeal to them. And, I, I mean, just think about it for a moment. This spirit is so much a part of Satan's character and personality that in this spirit, Lucifer actually caused one-third of all the angelic hosts to rebel against God and sin against God. Now just imagine, you and I would think if we were in that situation, that would never happen. Here the angels are created beings. They live in the presence of God. And here's one of their fellows, another created being, but he actually causes them to become angry at God and to take offense at God. And what were they thinking? To actually believe that they could revolt against God and come out in some sordid way victoriously. But this devil, who was... Uh, 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 sly enough, crafty enough, devious enough, influential enough to deceive one-third of the heavenly host. He is the same devil that releases his spirit of deception and his spirit of antagonism on the earth and sometimes and way too often even inside the church. Look, let's be real. We are facing unusual times. We're living in a day and age where, you know, it used to be that we, we would joke and say, well, you know, we want to be politically correct. And then it got to a point where you really, really, really had to be politically correct or you were in some serious trouble. Now, we're at a point where it almost doesn't matter what we say, we can't be correct. Someone is going to take offense no matter what is said, irrespective of whether offense was given or intended. We are living in a time where the spirit world is very active. We are living in a time where the spirit world over our nation and over the world is very divisive and very intrusive. Church, I'm trying to talk to you as your pastor. This isn't just a sermon. What's happening in America right now 
The enemy wants it to happen in, inside the church. And what's happening in America, only you and I have the answers. We have the answers for it. Whether we understand it all or not, that's not the point. The point is this is spiritual warfare. And you cannot count on your government to be able to handle spiritual warfare. Look, I'm proud to be an American. And I'm glad that most Americans are proud to be Americans. Part of the problem we have today is that some Americans aren't proud to be American. I'm proud to be an American. But sometimes as Americans, we hold that pride to such a level that we put more confidence in our Constitution, more confidence in our government, more confidence in our political system. And look, we, we have to be honest. Come on, folks. We've got to be honest that when we do that, we are just as guilty of sinning before God as any other sin that we commit. Because the number one sin is to trust in the arm of the flesh rather than to trust in the name of the Lord. And we trust so much in the arm of the flesh, what the government can do, what our Constitution can do, what voting can do. Listen, I believe that as Americans, every one of us need to vote and every one of us need to be involved in what's going on in our nation. But above all of that, you have a higher calling than just the calling of being a citizen of the United States of America. You have a higher and a more purposeful destiny than just being somebody who lives in this country. You and I are sons of God and we have the power in Jesus' name to wield a tremendous amount of authority and to release the angels of God and to bind up the spirits of advers uh, adversity and conflict. As Christians, and as American Christians, we need to rise up and understand that offense, whether it's given or whether it's taken, it's diabolical and there's a spirit behind it. That's why Jesus made it so clear and he said, in this life, in this world, it is impossible for offenses not to come. Do you know that if you're taking offense, even if the offense was given, you're shaking hands with a spirit behind that offense and you're welcoming him to have control over your thoughts and over your emotions. You're allowing him to get inside of you and stir you up. You're allowing him to get the better of you. You're letting him in the front door and letting him in the back door. And we have to understand that if we are going to win this war spiritually, if we're going to stop thinking about what our government can do for us and what we can do for the nation of the United States of America, then we have to stop putting our hopes in our politics and in our government and start putting our faith in our Savior and our Deliverer. You know, as Americans, 
We take offense from the right to the left and from the left to the right. Why don't we just take a stand on the Word of God and pray? Come on. There's a spirit of conflict stirring up our nation. There's a spirit of division. There is a spirit of gossip. There is a spirit of hate. There is a spirit of animosity. You know, church, again, I'm talking to you as your pastor. And sometimes, you know, a prophet is without honor in his own hometown. Do you understand how prophetic this church has been? Do you understand that prophetically we've been hearing the word of the Lord from the last week of 2019, the last week in December, we started a series, Draw Me and I Will Run After You. And right after the first week of January, we, we felt the Holy Spirit lead us into 21 days of prayer and fasting. And then right on the heels of that, the Spirit of God put it on our hearts to start praying, rend the heavens, shake the mountains. Remember that verse? Rend the heavens, shake the mountains. We need the mountains of the kingdom of darkness to be shook. We need the heavens to be rent open. But I, what I'm saying to you is prophetically we have been hearing the word of the Lord. And then came word after word about repentance and how important it was for us to repent. Who knew that all of this was about to follow? But I think the enemy knows what God intends to have follow everything the enemy's doing. The enemy can sense what God is up to and he's trying to tear it down before it ever takes place. But we have been listening prophetically and speaking prophetically the word of the Lord. And I want you to hear my heart today. I want you to hear me as your pastor. I want you to hear me as a prophet speaking the word of the Lord. I want you to hear me as one who has spiritual insight into the season we're living in and the climate of what's going on. You and I have to be separate and we have to be able to keep ourselves from taking offense. And my goodness, there is enough offense out there to, to, to go around the whole world. The, the, every topic imaginable is being stirred up. But if we are going to win this spiritual warfare, if the church of Jesus Christ is going to come through for the nation of America, then we have to be offense-free. If offense is a spirit, then the moment we take offense, that spirit has taken a victory in us. But when we refuse to take offense, that spirit has nothing in us and we have authority over it. You see, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be known as the sons of God. A peacemaker is a person who never takes offense. If he took offense or if he sided with offense, he couldn't be a peacemaker. And, the, and, and when... You know, and when Jesus made that statement, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be known as sons of God. I say this every time. Who will know them as sons of God? 
sons of men will know us as sons of God, but also the, 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 the forces of darkness will know us as sons of God because they have no leverage on us. They have no handles on us. They have no ability to take control over our emotions and over our thoughts. So this devil who, who managed to seduce one-third of the angelic host is the same devil that stepped into the garden and everything that's happening today is happening because he successfully seduced Adam and Eve and caused them to take offense at God. He is very clever. He is very sharp. He knows how to wield his uh, deception and he knows how to get, execute the spirit of offense. This is a day where you and I, as the church of Jesus Christ, need to be able to recognize the spirit of offense as a spirit of darkness and not engage. We have to learn how to be able to put that fire out, shut that devil's mouth, silence the enemy. Offense will happen between brother and brother, sister and brother, mother and daughter or mother and son. It'll happen in your family. It'll happen in the workplace. It'll, it, it'll happen in the streets as it is happening. And the enemy wants it to happen here in the church as well. It amazes me how things like whether we wear a mask or doesn't, don't wear a mask actually started to become a point of contention within the church. You know what it is about offense? Where there is the spirit of offense, there can never be the spirit of unity. Did you hear me? I'm going to say it again. Where there is a spirit of offense, there can never be the spirit of unity. And that might not mean a whole lot to you. That might not sound very deep. But the Word of God tells us, and I believe it's Psalm 133, where there is unity among the brethren, God commands the blessing. So if offense comes into the church and we start to take offense and we start politicking and we start, you know, we're more concerned about taking sides and who's right and who's wrong and we let go of our highest calling. And our highest calling is to be the sons of God. The highest calling is to be the light in a world of darkness. The highest calling is to be the salt of the earth. The influencers to mankind. You and I have a higher calling. And it's higher than being a citizen of the United States of America. It is the calling to be an intercessor of the kingdom of heaven. That's right. We have power. And sometimes we abdicate the higher calling. And we get involved in conflict. The conflict of a lower calling. This devil is very astute. He managed to take one-third of the angelic host right from under God's nose and cause them to take offense at God. And this whole mess 
that we see around the world and in the United States of America would never have happened if Adam and Eve didn't take offense in the garden. And so I believe in the light of all this, that's why it's so important for me to talk to you about the spirit of offense. This is more a prophetic message than it is even a teaching. Now, I promise you, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be teaching stuff, and I'll be using a lot more Scripture to prove everything I'm saying. And there'll be plenty of teaching, but nonetheless, the nature of this series is prophetic because it's for such a time as this. If we are going to have the influence that Jesus said we can have, by being the light of the world and the salt of the earth. If we're going to rule and reign, everybody loves that verse. You know, we're going to rule and reign with Jesus. Yay! This is when you rule and reign with Jesus. We rule and reign when we don't get caught up in the nonsense that's going on in the world and we take our position in our prayer closets and we start to decree and we start to speak out and we start to bind the forces of darkness, the forces of racism, the forces of hate, the forces of anarchy, and we start to bind those spirits in Jesus' name. Come on, church. We are the born again. We are the elite. We are the sons of God. It's great to be saved and be on our way to heaven. But by goodness, by the Holy Ghost, we don't just want to be on our way to heaven. We want to have a transforming effect on the earth and in the earth. Can I get an amen? Come on, church. I may not be with you present in the flesh, but let me hear you say amen. Praise God. When offense is given, there's a spirit behind it. And when offense is taken, there's a spirit behind it. You see, Jesus said in John chapter 6, verse 63, the second half of that verse, he says, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. The words that Jesus speaks, they're spirit, but he defines what kind of spirit they are. He says, it's the spirit of life. Words are spirit. And when offense is given, there's a spirit behind it, but it's not the spirit of life. And when you and I take offense, listen to me. It's one thing for people to give offense, but are you taking offense? Because if we're taking offense, it's the evidence of a stronghold that's in us. When somebody gives offense, it's the evidence of a stronghold in them. But if we take offense, it's the evidence of a stronghold in us. If offense is a spirit, then who are we to take offense? If offense is a spirit, the moment I take offense, I took that spirit. Come on, church. I want you to hear me. I want you to hear me as a dad. I want you to hear me as a prophet. I want you to hear me as a shepherd as I talk to you. I understand that. You know, this could be an unpopular message, and uh, this message itself could cause people to start taking offense and reacting. I bind that spirit in Jesus' name. Why? 
because I understand the power of unity in the body of Christ. And right now, it's not a time for politicking. It's not a time for giving offense and taking offense. Irrespective of your political views, we must come together as the body of Jesus Christ. And more than ever, we need to pray. And I don't just mean the people that go to the intercessory prayer meetings. Those of you that uh, are still watching by live stream and you haven't come to church, come on, start to pray. You dads, come on. Your family might be home. Start praying. Start calling times of prayer and fast. You don't have to wait for the senior pastor to call the whole church into a time of prayer and fasting. Let the Spirit of God call you into a time of prayer and fasting. You know darn well the enemy wants to call you into a time of offense. It's so easy. This is a climate. It's an atmosphere where it'd be so easy to take offense but we're not going to take offense. We're going to take the authority that we have in Jesus' name. And we're going to execute that authority. And we're going to bind the forces of darkness. Come on. We've lived in a great country. And America's been good to us in many ways. But it's time for the church of Jesus Christ to be good to America. America needs what the church can give. And only the church can give it. And it's not our vote, it's our authority to bind and to release the spirit of unity and the spirit of God on the face of the earth. You know, in Revelations chapter 12, verse 10, again, the second half of verse 10, it says, For the accuser of our brothers and sisters, who accuses them before God day and night, has been hurled down. Do you understand the nature of an accuser? The very nature that he comes to accuse, he comes to bring offense. You accuse to divide. You accuse to entice. And uh, you will never get the spirit of offense and the spirit of unity together on the same platform. And uh, to accuse is to bring that division. Yeah. He is an accuser. In the Garden of Eden, he accused God to Adam and Eve. Here, in the book of Revelation, he's accusing the sons of God to God. Look how duplicit he is. Can you see that? One moment, he's accusing God to God's creation, and the next moment he's accusing God's creation to God. You don't want to party with that spirit. And I want to encourage every one of you, whether it's in your relationship with your husband and your wife, whether it's in your relationship with your children, whether it's in relationship with your extended family or your employers, whether it's your relationship with your neighbors or just your relationship with fellow Americans, or it's your relationship with people here in the church. The moment we get offended, the moment you and I buy into the spirit of offense, we have no power over it because we've submitted to it. It is a spirit. It is a power. 
and you and I have authority over it in the name of Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? Come on. Can I get an amen? Absolutely. We have authority. You know, I wrote down here in my notes, your friends know what will float your boat. How many of you could say yes? Your friends know what you like. They know what will tickle your fancy. Your friends know what will float your boat, but your enemy knows what will get your goat. Did you hear me? Your friends know what will float your boat, but your enemy knows what will get your goat. He knows exactly what to put on that scandal on. He knows exactly what will get you stirred up. He knows exactly what will get you offended. He knows exactly what will cause a division in your heart and cause you to walk away from the word of the Lord or walk away from your brother in Christ or cause a division in your household. He knows how to play that game. He is a master at it. But you and I must master the master in Jesus' name. Jesus talked about if you want to take control of a strong man's house, you have to take away the armor in which he trusts. What I'm trying to share with you this morning is to uncover the nature of an offense and help you understand, first and foremost, you can't have an offense without a demonic spirit. Again, whether someone's giving the offense or whether you're taking offense, there's a devil in it. And you must recognize that it's not just a matter of poor human interpersonal skills, but it's a spirit. The thief comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. He comes to break things down. The law of entropy cause everything to wear out, cause everything to die, cause everything to degenerate. And you've got to understand that offense, given or taken, is the stronghold of the enemy. And so I challenge you, I encourage you, Come on, this is not just a prophetic message. It is a, a message to equip you to put on your armor. And we're going to start suiting ourselves up. Get that breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness isn't going to take offense. Righteousness isn't going to give offense. Come on, put on that breastplate of righteousness. Pick up that shield of faith and say, devil... I'm going to extinguish all of your fiery darts. You're not going to get the better of me. I've got the better of you in Jesus' name. Put on that helmet of salvation. Put on that helmet, the mind of Christ that will tell you how to think. We're not going to think like the world thinks. We're going to think like Jesus thinks. Can I get an agreement? Come on. Absolutely. I encourage you everywhere. I encourage believers that are watching this uh, live stream around the world, I encourage you to join with us in prayer for your own nation. It is amazing if you read the news that's hidden from the headlines. There's conflict happening all over the world. China and India on the uh, Himalayan border. China and Japan in the uh, China Sea. Did you know that right now in the midst of the pandemic, as the pandemic is going on and the whole world is, you know, concentrating on the pandemic, China sent her warships into uh, 
um, waters that are contested in the China Sea between Japan and China and I think Taiwan, and they laid ownership to seven reefs and they established missile uh, platforms on those seven reefs. The spirit of conflict, the spirit of offense. Conflict is offense given. And the spirit of conflict is at work in the world. And if it gets a foothold in the church, the world has no hope. But in Jesus' name, you and I, we're better than that, we're bigger than that, and we have the victory in Jesus' name. And uh, we're going to love each other. We're going to be gracious to each other. We're going to be patient with each other. You know, love and grace and mercy. Uh, you know, where there's plenty of grace, where there's plenty of faith, where there's plenty of mercy, there can't be offense. Love believes all things. Where there's plenty of faith, the spirit of love causes us to have faith and believe the better. Where the enemy wants you to take offense and believe the worst. Praise God. I encourage you, every one of you, I'm so glad to be able to share this message with you this morning. I look forward to being back with you tomorrow, uh, next week. Um, it, it, it sure is um, It's great when we can come together as a body and as a family. But right now, I want to lead you in a prayer. Come on. I want everyone to stand up with me, even though I'm, I'm preaching to you through a screen this morning. Come on, stand with me. Would you do that right now? Thank you. Thank you. Come on, church. Those of you who can pray in tongues, I want you to pray in tongues. I want you to pray in the Spirit. Uh, pray in English. And let's just come into agreement. I want you to agree with me right now as we come against the forces of darkness that's trying to tear our nation apart. We are the greatest hope that America has. Father, we take authority as, as your sons and daughters. We know who we are in Christ. We are not the defeated. We are the victorious. And I thank you, God, that we have authority over the spirit of offense. We have authority over the spirit of conflict. We have the authority over the spirit of anarchy. We have authority over the spirit of division. We have authority over the spirit of violence and malice. And in the name of Jesus Christ, every one of us, we come together by the blood of the Lamb, and we come together in the blood of the Lamb, and we we come together covered by the blood of the Lamb. And in the name of Jesus, we rebuke the forces of darkness. We rebuke the spirit of violence, the spirit of gossip, the spirit of controversy. And in Jesus' name, we command these things to back off. We command these things to be bound in our cities, in our estates, Around this nation, we bind the hand of the spirit of conflict and the spirit of offense, and we silence the mouth of that devil in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Now, Father, we thank you that you have given us a prophetic word from the very beginning of this year, and you gave a prophetic word because you have a prophetic purpose. 
And so, Lord, we will not be dismayed by the things we see, but we will be amazed by the things you're about to do. And so we agree right now, Father, now is your kingdom, and your kingdom is amongst us, and your kingdom is in us, and we agree in Jesus' name. Your kingdom is present, and your kingdom is more powerful, and your kingdom has authority. And we release your goodwill in this church and in churches across America, and we release and agree for the spirit of blessing and the spirit of revival to sweep across this nation. Father, I thank you that where sin abounds, the grace of God abounds even more. So, Father, in the midst of all of this, I thank you for a deluge and an outpouring of your Holy Spirit. We agree and we say yes and amen in Jesus' name. And that's exactly how it is. Come on, say it. That's exactly how it is. All right, church, God bless you. Love you guys so much. Be blessed. Have a great week. And let's continue to stay together by praying together. And let's say no to the spirit of offense. We're not going to be trapped by the devil's rat trap. God bless you. Have a great week. And we'll see you real soon.